All around the world, people are floundering. There's something missing, something more that they just can't grasp. Do you feel it too? Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast. Every week, host Kevin Monroe will help you navigate to your true north and flourish in faith, business, and life. You found us for a reason. Stay tuned to find out why. Hey, it's Kevin Monroe, and I want to welcome you to episode 26 of the Higher Purpose Podcast. Today, we're joined by a good friend of mine, Dr. Michael Hudson. Michael is the host of the Get Your Message Heard podcast. He's an author, consultant, overall great guy. And Michael and I've had dozens, if not hundreds of conversations through the years about purpose. And we thought it'd be fun to have one of those together and share what are some of the things that get in your way. So I invite you to listen in as I sit down with Dr. Michael Hudson. As I told you, I'm so excited to welcome Michael Hudson, Dr. Michael Hudson to the Higher Purpose Podcast. Michael is a dear friend of mine. Michael and I have conversations all of the time, and we thought it'd be fun to share one of those conversations with you all today. Michael, welcome. Thank you, Kevin. As you said that, I'm thinking there's certain parts of some of our conversations we won't share today, and that's probably a good thing for everybody. That, that's cool. That's true. But well, really excited to be with you and appreciate the opportunity and, and looking forward to discussing a topic that I think you and I both care deeply about and hopefully share some ideas and stimulate some thinking. That's what I live to do. So, Absolutely. So, Michael, I'm sure there are a lot of people that are listening to this that do know you, but, but then there are other folks that, that have not yet had the privilege of meeting you. So, what's something that, that's not part of your work, but that you really enjoy doing? Uh, my addiction to cooking. You know, I, my original plan, Kevin, when I went through the academic world, getting my PhD was to go become a professor somewhere, get to, to the point of achieving a sabbatical, and then go to France to cooking school. Mm. Now, the timing worked out such that I had a tremendous opportunity to go teach somewhere else <laughs> right at that time. So cooking school got thrown off the path. But, you know, it's, it's my down thing. It's, you know, when, when my day ends, as exhausted as I may be from whatever I've been working on, I go upstairs, go in the kitchen, and, you know, a half hour of cooking a meal for my wife and I rejuvenates me and having parties and entertaining. And my most recent addiction is kind of to being outdoors and smoking meat. But I also got a sous vide for Christmas, so now we're bringing that into the picture. So I just, I enjoy playing. It's just, it's fun and relaxing to me. Nice. Well, you and I have shared some uh, awesome meals, but I've never shared one of those meals that you cook. So I'm going to put that on the bucket list. Well, we can make that happen. You just got to come this direction. Most of my stuff is not terribly mobile. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So to, to tee up this conversation, recently I asked uh, members of the Higher Purpose community, if, if you don't know what that is, that's a Facebook group. That, that's a group of folks that I really uh, spend a lot of time with and, and count on a lot. Kind of That's where I keep my fingers on the pulse of what people are thinking. So I ask people in the higher purpose community, what are some of the things that get in the way of pursuing purpose? Now, I did this because as we started off the new year, 2018, I've got about three solo episodes just teeing up purpose and helping encourage people to think about purpose and, and find clarity or, or even challenge how much clarity you need. So now this is kind of like taking that beyond that. What gets in the way? You, you kind of know what you want to do. Why doesn't that happen? So, Michael, what are some of the things you would expect to be on that list? 
Uh, you know, the first thing comes to my mind is permission, because I think a lot of people feel they have to be given permission to go do something if it's going to have a bigger impact, you know, that we, we tend to get locked into what we think others expect us to do. I think that gets in the way. I think clarity I would expect to be on the list because sometimes we're not clear about what pursuing my purpose is going to look like, whether that be in the marketplace or in the interactions I have, how much my story gets shared, how much I need to know the stories of others. I think that I would think that might come into play. I think also just, you know, do I have what it takes to do this? Mm. You know, am I the, the whole the whole inner critic imposter syndrome stuff? I think has got to play out. It, it certainly played out for me for a long time in pondering it. You know, and and I guess some of those those three kind of all go together. But I'd be surprised if there weren't at least some threads of that, Kevin. Did those show up in what you shared? What you asked? Uh, Yes, not not so much the inner critic and, and the imposter syndrome, which I was surprised. But but again, I didn't have this out there that long. I'm sure if it had been out there longer, th- those would have shown up. Um, now, a couple of other things that I believe are some of the more obvious uh, showed up as well, which, you know, one of the, the big ones on everybody's list is money, financing it. Uh, the financial stability, or maybe having debt from a lifestyle that we lived up to this point. Now we're wanting to do something different. It's kind of like, oh, wow, but we still have this debt to service. So so that was one that that one came up probably the most frequently answered. Uh, you know, when, when I, re- and I, I, I get that, I understand that. Here's what that makes me wonder. Is the reality that we actually live much more aligned with our purpose, no matter what we're doing. And that becomes the excuse. And that may feel harsh and to some of you, and if, if it does listeners, I apologize, but I just want you to think about that. Cause if I, when I really got gutsy enough to say, I'm going to stop doing stuff that I'm not in love with and start doing this. One of the things that happened is I realized what I was doing was somewhat aligned with my purpose. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't enough aligned for me to feel fulfilled. So I I find myself wondering sometimes if we go deeper and we look at our story and we consider our journey, is the reality not that much of what we do all along aligns with our purpose? And the point of this being, you don't have to throw out the job you now have, the thing that's producing the income, the sustainability as you pursue this, because you only do it one step at a time. I think too often, sometimes we lock into thinking, well, I've got to be this far, you know, and you don't have to worry about how you're going to be a year and a half down the road. Where are you going to be tomorrow? Yeah. Does that make sense, Kevin? It it does. I I want to go back and ask you, though, because there there was something you just mentioned in your personal story that uh, Angela mentioned in in her response. And, And that was this whole idea of making the transition. I, I know what my purpose is. I see it. I have clarity about it. But here's what I'm doing now. I'm in business. I'm doing this. And, and how do I, to your point, stop doing those things? And, you know, is it a immediate hard stop? Is it a slow transition? How do you let's, – let's, let's talk about that. Explore that a little bit. Well, you and I have talked about the burn the boats question a lot, right? You know, when do you burn the boats and walk away? And it's, and you know, if you go back to the history and I'm not the history buff here, but it's not even clear Cortez actually did burn the boats, but that's a separate issue. But, but I think 
what 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 gets us caught up is we are doing something that ends up feeling distracting from our purpose hmm. because we're not loving it the way we want to. That doesn't mean it's entirely wrong. It doesn't mean we need to burn the boats and run away from it. But it does mean we need to get more clear on what is it about that that's not fulfilling us and is therefore being viewed by us as in the way of pursuing our purpose. You, you know my backstory. You know the whole story of you know, building a niche business in a, a niche business in an industry, finding myself frustrated, feeling like I wasn't bringing my best. But here's the truth, and this is a harsh truth. When I really went through and dug down, what did I realize? I was the one that was making it not fulfill my purpose. I wasn't bringing me. I was allowing myself to be guided and governed by the expectations and, more importantly, the perceived expectations of others. Mm. And, and, you know, the whole agitation thing that you're familiar with in me, when I finally owned and acknowledged that, all of a sudden the work I was doing there wasn't nearly as frustrating because I was bringing me. So the, the point of this, to put, a, you know, to put the bow on this little point of the conversation, Kevin, is ask yourself this. If you feel like there's a misalignment in what you're doing now, what is it you're doing now and why are you doing that thing that doesn't align? So, so let me ask something because I, I'm just thinking back to a comment you made a few moments ago that one of the – it may have been the first thing you said, I believe, actually, the barrier, permission. So how is it – as you look back on that now, you, the, the journey you just shared – how might you have given yourself different permission around the client expectations or any of that? But well, in, in my case, Kevin, and you know the story better than others, and uh, certainly, you know, it's a challenging, long story we don't need to go into here. But I was wearing the mask and the suit, as I refer to it. I was being the person I thought I was supposed to be in the situations I was in. I was therefore hiding a key part of me. You know, in my core heart of hearts, essence of my being, I want to make you uncomfortable enough to lead you to take action to make things better. Because if you and I are talking, chances are there's something that's not working in your life. You know, I can give you the platitude answers, <laughs> you know, and the comfortable answers. Mm -hmm. But what I have learned from my time as a college professor and in working with organizations for 33 years and individuals is if I don't push you hard enough to make you uncomfortable, you're not going to be motivated to act and you're going to take a step that feels good at the moment, but doesn't go anywhere in the longer term. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all of that was kind of caught up in because I was wearing the mask and the suit thinking, yeah, but if I bring the real part of me, they're not going to like me. They're not going to hire me back. It's not going to work. I was making a huge mistake. Now here's, here's the difficulty, right? And hopefully I'm sure there are a lot of your listeners who have this same thing. I was doing very well. Thank you. You know, financially, things were fine. I was getting repeat business. The clients were happy. I was the one wasn't happy. So that disconnect was coming because, look, my purpose is to provoke, to antagonize in a positive way, to challenge, to get people to think differently. But I was hiding some of that and holding it back out of fear, which I'm sure came up on the list when you asked your participants. Absolutely. Absolutely. As you were talking, I thought of another answer that was on the list, just from one person, as I recall it, but it's what you were talking comfort. Mm -hmm. comfort. We, we are just comfortable. We're comfortable in our situations. We're comfortable in our security. We're, we're comfortable in our routines. So 
I want to go to that provocational side of Michael Hudson and say, what are some of the things that might not have made the list that you've witnessed or experienced? You know, some of those things that, that aren't always so, we don't even know how to put them on the list because they may not be politically correct. And, and we may feel judged that people are judging us because this is what I said, what was my response to what gets in my way. So I, I'm just going to start it because you and I have talked about this before. So talk more. I think one of the things that, that is so problematic is we set the bar so very high of what this must mean. Absolutely. You know, we, we forget that we live in a little corner of the world. And within that little corner of the world where we reside, there are little things we can do that will be fully aligned with our purpose and will make a difference in the world. We don't have to touch 10 million people or 100 million people. It doesn't have to have a global focus. But I think we get caught up in that. You know, I grew up watching or, I, you know, when I, when I got turned on to the Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, Les Brown, Tony Robbins world. You know, I saw myself wanting to be them, right? Because I enjoyed being in front of the room. I enjoyed presenting. I enjoyed speaking at events. But as I look deeper, I realized, look, first of all, they didn't start there. You know, Zig Ziglar didn't start at Peter Lowe events with 15,000 people in the room. Mm -hmm. He started talking in, you know, in people's kitchens, selling them cookware, you know? And, and part of what helped him sell cookware was that he was inherently motivating people to want to use the cookware. Um, and that's oversimplification. But, you know, if I put the bar that I want to be Jim Rohn, and I think I have to be there, and in the world we live in, let's face it, everything is accelerated. We're supposed mm-hmm. to get everything. I, I watched this thing that, <laughs> this is a sidebar, I'm not sure I should go down, but I watched this thing showing this children being dressed for these little daddy-daughter dance things, you know, when they're very young. And I'm looking at this kid's picture in a dress, and I'm thinking, okay, she's like four. Where does the I can't wait till I get to do that go when you've already done it when you're four. And by the time you would normally have done it in our lifetime, you know, the path that you and I lived, you'd have been at least in high school. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And my point being, we've accelerated things so fast. So we say, I want to be like Jim Rohn, or I want to be like Tony Robbins, or I want to be like Brendan Burchard. And we think we got to get there tomorrow. I want to be Michael Hyatt. Well, you know, he didn't start yesterday. Right. And we compare ourselves to where others are. And as a result, what do we do? We don't take action because we fall into the classic paralysis analysis. Yeah. We're not sure what step to take. So we take no step. We think this step has to be right. So the bar and perfectionism, two biggest obstacles, bar none to me in terms of why people don't pursue their purpose. Okay. So I'm going to pause just a moment and I'm going to talk to you that's listening. (laughs) Talk to you, not Michael, you. And I want to ask you, Who is that? Is there someone that you've identified and you've said, this is my hero, my mentor, my role model, and it's got to be like them. So just pause and just kind of ask, have you set the bar so high that that you just, there's no way to get there? And and so you've set yourself up for, um, you've set yourself up for disappointment. You've set yourself up. Okay. Now that's another one then. And, and this kind of gets into, you mentioned this earlier, but I know you've, you've thought a lot about this. You've written about this. You, you talk about it, uh, the inner critic, the inner critic. So a lot of that triggers the inner critic. So talk about the inner critic, your experience of it. 
Well, you know, my experience is I feel like I've experienced all of them that there are. <laughs> and, you know, and this is one of those things, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop this in a way that's going to be very direct, very intentional, and very quick. That doesn't mean it's casual, and I don't want anybody to be paranoid or frightened or you're concerned by what I'm sharing. But, you know, in a sentence or two, you know, when you're raped and molested for a year by someone who threatens to kill you, if you ever tell anyone, you go silent. You know, and I didn't tell anyone. And I stopped talking. Now, I'm a verbal processor, and that's my path to understanding the world. So I was stifled. Thank God for books, <laughs> you know, and the ability to find story and retreat and go into story. But that created an inner critic, right? That this, that's this thing that you're never good enough. There has to be a reason why this happened. You caused this. You know, and what I've discovered, Kevin, and you're familiar with this over the 33 years of working with organizations and students, and, and I'm not being fully truthful there, right? Because I also worked earlier in life, even though I didn't have jobs looking at this because I was fascinated with, with, the, with, the issue, with the issue. You have people who've had the bad experience. You know, they tried to pursue their purpose one day. It didn't work. Okay, I'm done. Yep, that's just stupid, <laughs> you know? But, but it gets so ingrained, you know, and you go to someone who's 65 years old or 55 years old or 35 years old, and all of a sudden you push the button and out comes the vitriol from their mouth about the horrible experience they had that in reality is holding them back from the very thing they most want and need to do. And you when know? it comes out, it sounds like it happened yesterday. Yeah, and when it comes out, it was middle of it. It's like, what happened in the room that I just missed, right? Yeah. So, so you got the bad experience. You, you've got the self-doubt, you know, that, that just that natural doubt. Here's a news flash, folks. I'm going to be really agitatingly harsh about this. Everybody has that. Stop thinking you're unique. Mm -hmm. Stop letting it get in your way. Everybody has doubt. Everybody has concern as to whether they can do what they're trying to do. The ones who succeed push the doubt aside, and they don't even physically do that, right? They just say, look, I'm going to take action anyway. It's right. the feel the fear and do it anyway. You know, you have the inner critic of the, I don't know enough. I'm not good enough. I don't have the degree. I've never done this. I don't know anybody who's done this. All that crap, right? And it's head trash. I love that phrase, by the way. Learn that from Michael Port. It's head trash. And that head trash needs to be taken out regularly. <laughs> you know, and, and we need to become vigilant like the person walking down the road. When we see the piece of litter, i.e. head trash, we pick it up and we throw it away. Whatever system you've got to have for that. Some of us journal to get rid of that head trash. Some of us write it on notes and burn the notes. <laughs> I don't care what you do, but you've got to find a way past that. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and there are some other definitional situations we can map out here, Kevin. But, you know, it all boils down to that inner critic says, you're not good enough. Something has disqualified you. And by golly, you go live up to that every day because you believe it and own it and don't realize it's just head trash you need to get rid of. Now, I can't say all that without saying this. Sometimes you need help to do that. Yeah. I needed help to do that. I mean, here's the blunt truth that I wish I didn't have to acknowledge. You know, I was raped and molested at 10. I thought I dealt with it when I was 35. I didn't really deal with it until I was 55. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you this, finally making that commitment, finally doing it. And for me, what it boiled down to is I was angry for years of my life and didn't know why. You know, I had thrown God out of my life because if he was there, why did he let this happen to me? Mm -hmm. You know, I had completely forgotten my potential and had put this mask and suit on and tried to be what I thought I was supposed to be. 
Well, you know what? That's never fulfilling to you and it's not aligned with your purpose. You weren't put here to play a role someone else defined. Mm. That's a lot, but that's my response. <laughs> well, no, that, that, that's a deep, rich, personal response. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I know there, there, there's someone or some ones listening that are identifying with parts of that, and they're seeing their story and your story, and they're seeing parallels. What, what was it? What was a catalyst? And I'm sure there were more than one. I know there were more than one. But, I mean, what, what were some of the catalysts? So let's say this. Let's do it like this, Michael. Let, let me process this here verbally because you and I are both verbal processors. If someone is dealing with that and they're still they just now are realizing perhaps more that they've had some of that trauma or they have the head trash and, and they've not dealt with it. what's something that would really help them. What, what's an encouragement? What might be a catalytic moment out of this conversation to help them get free? Well, you know, I'm a big fan of journaling and I think a lot of people don't try journaling because they don't understand it. You know, the good thing about journaling is there's no rules. <laughs> I'm not going to show you my journaling because if you're a grammarian, you'd go, who wrote this? (laughs) If you think punctuation matters, you'd go, dude, how many ellipses can you put in one paragraph? (laughs) But I use my journal. And by the way, journaling can be done verbally. Mm -hmm. Much of the time when I journal, I open my Dragon Speak application and I start talking to my computer. If you're a verbal processor, realize you may want to verbally journal as opposed to journaling by hand. Now, there's value in writing by hand. Some believe you have to use a pen. Some believe you type. doesn't matter. Why am I saying journaling matters? I think it's the easiest thing to do. You don't have to tell anyone about it, so you are protected and safe when you start. And what you're writing is helping your brain process whatever it is that's in the way. You can be brutally honest no one's going to see this. And for me, it has become a path to clarity. Now, let me be clear about something. I started journaling when I was 10 or 11 years old. Mm. Not because anybody told me to, but I was reading a lot of stories at that point because I had sort of turned to that as my hiding place. And I just started writing one day. Mm. And, you know, I have some people who grew up with me <laughs> that attended events with me, Kevin, that could tell you I wrote lots of letters as part of my journaling process, just that staying. So thinking through things on paper, I think is a valuable first step. Okay. All right. So let's come back. We've been heavy there. Let's come back to a couple of other lighter topics here, things that get in the way. Uh, And I saw this in a conversation just last week. And that's the idea that it must, thinking purpose must be something grandiose. Well, I've got, you know, I've got to give credit to Daphne Smith. You know, Daphne, mm-hmm. we had a conversation last week and we were talking about this and it popped up and she mentioned the fact that the idea of the bar had come into her life in her thinking this year, or she set her goals for the year and it's not fair for me to tell the rest of the world what they are, but one of them involved where the bar is. And, I, you know, I spend a lot of time in organizations working with people. If I had to identify the number one obstacle in most organizations, it's that people either don't know what the bar is, have no concept of where it is, or it's set so high nobody can meet it, or so low nobody has to reach to hit it. Mm. I know that's a lot in one thing, right? But where the bar is matters. I happen to be in love with the current Ford truck commercials where they say, we don't raise the bar, we are the bar. Mm -hmm. And just because I think the analogy is good, you are the bar. 
you are the only person who sets your bar. And I think we set the bar too high because we have expectations that others believe it's there. Hmm. It's not that good. It's not good enough. And you know, that goes back to the head trash, right? For some of us, that's that we were told it has to be this good or you don't do it. That doesn't matter. You know, you were in the, you were in the room the day that Ray Edwards, our friend, probed me really deeply about where I wanted to go with my purpose-driven work. And yes. when you asked the question and said, if you, if you only touched one person, would that be enough? And at that instant, I realized, yes, it would. Mm-hmm. Because I fundamentally believe touching one, they will touch another. Yeah. You know, but I think we look at it and say, well, if I don't get 500 people at my event, if you get three people at your event, do the event. You know, the next time, you know, it's Band-Aids versus Bandwagons, right? You can figure out what do I have to do to get 50 people at the event? No, what do you have to do to make the three people who are there get the most out of it? So you create a bandwagon and they bring three more and they bring three more and they bring three more. So I think it's a combination of the bar and how we see ourselves getting to the bar. Hmm. Does that make sense, Kevin? Oh, it does. It does. It does. Uh, in, in the conversation last week, it, it was just this, and actually you said it to me, and I was quoting you. Um, you said, hey, if you're just the nice, if your purpose is just to be the most friendly per- person in your organization, in your company, in your congregation, I mean, that's a purpose that I'm just going to be a light wherever I am, and I'm going to brighten others' days. That is a purpose, and it is a noble purpose. It may not be that grandiose, and you may not be building a brand out of it, but it's a purpose nonetheless, and it's worthwhile. So I hope that that some of you listening are just liberated through this. Mike? Mike? What you just said, Kevin, I think is interesting, right? You want to do an activity that will help you with this? Do that first journal entry and say, who are the people who have touched my life in different ways? And what was their bar? I can think back to high school and I can think of the teacher who I would go out of my way walking between classes to walk by their door because they always gave you a smile. Mm. On the other hand, I can think of the teacher who pushed me so hard I was always uncomfortable and felt so rewarded when I performed. I mean, we've all had those kinds of experiences. So look at those people and say, okay, where was their bar at that moment? Because you know what the other reality is? The bar's never fixed. We're not putting it here and welding it, and it will never be moved. In fact, your goal should be to move the bar up. But the bar moving up may be I touched more people this week than I did last week. The bar moving up may be that I took this thing I learned and I turned it into this, which now lets me impact people in this way. Let me, let me ask your input on one other. The idea that I can't do it because it's already been done or being done. Y- yes, and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> How many different, let's, let's, let's take a clear, simple example. How many cancer charities are there in the U.S.? I have no idea, but there are Right? But there are people who were motivated because they lost someone or they watched someone go through something and they decided to start a nonprofit. You know, if you're a football fan, you know, how many football players have set up foundations that right. do the same exact thing in different towns? You know, within a town, there can be 50 people with purpose-driven initiatives that serve the same audience. The audience is huge. It's never-ending. It replicates every day. So the idea that I can't do it, it's already been done, I'm going to suggest, Kevin, is more often the idea that 
someone else is doing it much better than I think I possibly could. Ergo, I'm not going to try. Mm. Which goes back to the bar. Mm-hmm. Well, everything goes to the bar, but that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you like to add to this conversation besides the bar that has not yet been added? Kevin, I, I'm just going to say it simply. You know, if you are driven by a desire to do something that is purpose-driven, you know, throw the expectations of others aside. Your expectations are the ones that matter. Mm-hmm. Have the guts to set the bar where you're comfortable and you know you can hit it. Okay, I know goal setting says stretch goals. Let's not let a stretch goal frustrate you in the pursuit of your purpose. Set one that you know you can hit and go hit it and hit it a few times, then stretch it. You know, nobody ever started playing baseball and walked up to the plate saying, okay, the first time I swing the bat, I'm hitting it out of the park. You know, they started hitting the ball three feet, then 10 feet, then 20 feet. So build the bar with the intention of it being rolled out over time. Mm. Know that the momentum gets gained as you start delivering and achieving and fulfilling and let yourself take action. Final, final buttonhole on that or note on that is this start where you are yeah you don't have to wait start where you are who's supposed to be impacted what do they look like go find one and impact them yeah i believe it was roosevelt who said start where you are with what you have now right the point is to take action today take action now michael i i love what you were just sharing there and March to the beat of your purpose drum is the way I would say what I just heard you say. Mm-hmm. It's your drum. It's your purpose. And don't let someone else put their designs on your purpose. You're, you're, you, are, you are accountable for what you do with what you have, not what, what you did with what you didn't have. And nobody else gets to grade you. Right. You're the teacher. You're the instructor here. You're grading yourself. Don't grade yourself so harshly that you demoralize yourself and don't take the next step. Wow. Remember, and this is this is the Tony Robbins thing, right? You're always getting an outcome. You know, success when you're pursuing your purpose may be a day that you lose, but it's a day that you learn. Yeah. And if we approach this from a perspective of what did I learn? How can I help? You know my mantra. Ask, listen, learn, serve. You know, if you have a purpose to do this, ask people, is that relevant, important, powerful to them? Not so they can judge you, but are they someone you should be serving? You know, listen to what you hear. Explain to them, hey, here's what I'm trying to do. Here's why it matters to me. You know, and have the conversation. Do you know anyone who needs this? Where would you recommend? Who would you recommend I talk to? You know, we, we can't do this in isolation. You've used the phrase before, and you say it better than I do because I can't remember the quote, creativity thrives in community, right? Is that the phrase? Well, actually, I said purpose thrives in community, starves in isolation. Yeah, and so, you know, if you sit by yourself in your own office and think, okay, I'm going to do this all online, probably not going to work. Well, you know, that's the other one. We'll just throw this in as a bonus. Uh, Thinking you must do it alone. Thinking you must do it alone. and I just believe, to, to the point Michael just shared, purpose thrives in community. You can't do it alone. There are elements of it you have to do that no one can do for you, but purpose thrives in community. So find people, find like-minded people. And I love what, what Rick Rigsby helped me 
grasp better. We don't have to think alike to think together. You know, find people that are think very differently from you. Engage in conversation with them. Michael, wow, what a thrilling conversation. You host the Get Your Message Heard podcast. Listeners here may be very encouraged, uh, very inspired to go get more of you so they can do it at the Get Your Message Heard podcast. Where else can people can connect with you? Well, you know, the easiest way is obviously michaelhudson.com. Um, social media, it's Dr. Michael Hudson, and that clarifies why Kevin used doctor introducing me when I got my social media handles. Someone had already grabbed Michael Hudson, so I said, well, wait a minute, I've got a PhD. What if Dr. Michael Hudson available? It was. So you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and so forth at drmichaelhudson.com. No, not .com on the other sites. But, uh, and, and, you know, and Kevin, anybody who wants to chat further about this is more than welcome. Just send an email to michael at michaelhudson.com. I'll be happy to engage in conversation if I can help anybody as they work through this process. Um, I think you're more gifted in this purpose area than I am in terms of helping them, but I'm certainly happy to help if I can. Well, thank you, Michael. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for sharing so generously of your insights and these perspectives. And folks, the whole point is take action. Don't let someone else rob you of your purpose. Hey, I appreciate you listening to today's episode of the Higher Purpose Podcast. It was really fun chatting with Michael in a very organic, unstructured way and just seeing what would come out as we talked about the barriers to purpose. I'm wondering which one gets in your way. The inner critic is one that I've dealt with for years, still deal with. The other one is setting the bar so very high. So I want to encourage you to think about where you've set the bar, Think about the inner critic and then don't grade yourself so harshly. Take Michael's advice. Extend grace to yourself on your journey. Hey, if you're looking for help to to get further, faster in your journey, I want to invite you to join us. There's still time to get into our next Pathway to Purpose program. Go to kevindemonroad.com forward slash jumpstart to learn more. Remember, you were meant for more. Don't settle for less. Remember, purpose thrives in community and dies in isolation. If you're ready to jumpstart your journey to purpose, now might be the time to join our program. Spend time with others who are navigating north toward their purpose and together make 2018 a year to remember. Go to kevindemonroe.com slash jumpstart. That's kevindemonroe.com slash jumpstart.